This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 19th of August. In your Squiz today, jabs for kids are on the cards. The first of many evacuation flights. R. Kelly goes on trial and invoking the Magna Carta. This is your Squiz today. It was a very serious New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, that warned the state of New South Wales that they hadn't seen the worst of the COVID outbreak yet. Tough news to hear on a record-breaking case day, 633 new cases and three more deaths. The high transmissibility is one hallmark of this Delta outbreak, Claire, but a new area of concern emerging is just how many children are getting COVID this time around. Yeah, and of these recent outbreaks, the under-19s are becoming infected at quite a high rate. In Canberra at the moment, the average age of those who have caught COVID is 17 years old. Uh, In Victoria and New South Wales, about 30% of those new cases each day are aged under 19. And what experts say is that kids are rarely getting acute cases of COVID, but they are spreading the virus. And that's why they're a real focus at the moment for officials for vaccination. And what Prime Minister Scott Morrison Morrison said yesterday is that a decision by ATAGI, the official vaccine experts, is coming soon about offering children aged 12 to 15 year olds uh, a COVID vaccine. So they have approved Pfizer for children aged 12 to 15, but it's about including them in the rollout. So we'll stand by on when a decision on expanding that to those children in those age group will happen. While we're talking vaccines, Qantas has joined SPC as the next big private company to mandate that their employees across both Qantas and Jetstar will have to be vaccinated if they want to work. What the Qantas boss, Alan Joyce, said yesterday is that the airline, of course, has too much risk of being disrupted by just one positive case uh, that could close down their freight facilities or an airport terminal, he says. And that's why the company is mandating frontline workers be vaccinated by mid-November and that all remaining employees are vaccinated by March next year. Uh, Virgin says that it's looking into something similar Yeah, we can expect lots of debate in the coming weeks and months on policies around mandating vaccines in workforces as more companies try to future-proof a return to work. Checking in on the situation in Afghanistan now, and the first of what we're told will be many Australian evacuation flights left yesterday, taking 26 people to safety. On the question of whether Australia would increase caps on refugees in light of the situation, Claire, the answer yesterday was no. No, Scott Morrison said. He said that 3,000 humanitarian visas from our current program will be offered to Afghan refugees. He says that's more than double than what we've been doing. But when it comes to big programs like the UK and Canada have announced, uh, they're taking up to 20,000, 30,000 Afghan refugees as a result result of this crisis. Scott Morrison says that's not in our future. Uh, Just looking at those evacuation flights, there's reports in Afghanistan this morning saying that people are finding it increasingly difficult to get into the airport, particularly those dual Afghan Australian citizens and those locally employed staff. 
And of course, Claire, there was no other option for this week's Squiz shortcuts except taking a closer look at the Taliban. No, it was definitely timely to have a look at what life under the Taliban was like when they were in power in the late 90s and early 2000s. That's what plenty of people are saying the people of Afghanistan are in for going forward. So we cover all of that. It's a really solid episode and we'll get you across the backstory to the biggest news story happening right now. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. I'll put a link in your episode notes as well. Moving on, the trial of R&B singer R. Kelly has started in New York. Accusations of sexual abuse against the rapper have been pretty persistent for over 20 years. After a few delays, he's in court facing charges of child exploitation, kidnapping and sex trafficking. If you've listened to any sort of top 40 music in the last 20 years, you would definitely know R. Kelly's music. Uh, He's behind Mm. some pretty big songs uh, and he has also been a big part of any sort of pop culture reference um, coming from that part of the world and his abuse of women. It's referred to quite a bit. There was quite a big documentary uh, recently called Surviving R. Kelly where women who claimed that they were sexually abused by him even as children – Uh, came forward to tell their stories. So it has been a long-awaited criminal case that's kicked off overnight in New York. That trial was also delayed by the pandemic, so there's lots of people who are pleased that it's now underway. R. Kelly says he will be pleading not guilty to all charges. The trial is expected to take a month. It's been a while since we've checked in on the mouse plague, Claire, but that doesn't mean it's not a thing. This time, it's the wheat belt in WA that's bracing for an inundation of the critters. Ugh, it's just so awful to be talking about a mouse plague Mm. still (laughs) and very sad to hear that Western Australia is looking at some of that, particularly in that wheat belt. Uh, Mice really like wheat and they also really like mild conditions and it's been quite a mild winter. So they've been allowed to flourish and farmers there who are expecting quite a big harvest this year. Uh, They're bracing for crop losses because of growing mouse numbers. That's also the case in central Queensland. Uh, And when you look at what's happening in New South Wales, they're heading into back-to-back mouse plagues. Normally what happens is that the mice die off over a cold winter. Mm. Uh, But again, on the eastern seaboard, it's been quite a mild winter. So numbers have stayed quite high. And when they get to spring, they're set to explode again. Uh, Such tough news for those farmers, especially when the crops have been so good. And while goldfish rightfully have a reputation for a bad memory, science says we can't lump all fish together. Cuttlefish, as it turns out, have a large brain, Claire, and a memory to go with it. A really large brain. It's kind of, (laughs) they're kind of doing better than humans on that front. They don't have a hippocampus. So that means that when they age, they don't get memory loss, but they do have the part of the brain that's associated with learning and memory. And what some researchers have done is proven uh, that they have recall, that they're able to remember things, uh, and also that they are able to exercise impulse control. So they are quite Mm. evolved. Uh, They only live until they're a couple of years old, so it only lasts for a little bit. Uh, It's certainly going to make me think twice next time I go to the Italian and they've got cuttlefish (laughs) pasta on the menu. Their limbs regenerate, they can camouflage, as you say, they can exert self-control. I say it's lucky they only live for two years, otherwise we might have some new fishy overlords. (laughs) They might take over the world. (laughs) 
And if you thought a news story about cuttlefish was a little random, this one might top that. Protesters in Scotland, Clare, have seized Edinburgh Castle and invoked the Magna Carta. (laughs) It didn't last too long. They didn't pay the entrance fee, so they got kicked (laughs) out by police. But you've got to give them points for effort. Of course, the independence movement in Scotland is uh, getting a bit of a roll on and these people really wanted to make the point that Edinburgh Castle uh, was something that really really belong to the people and that the government and the Crown needed to be out of their affairs. If you're a little rusty on the Magna Carta, it's the bit about giving individuals the right to reject what is unfairly imposed upon them by governments that aren't abiding by the common law. Had to look that one up. <laughs> look, that's just year seven history, Larissa. Surely <laughs> that's top of your mind. <laughs> I'm not a cuttlefish. My memory doesn't go back that far. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire. It's World Humanitarian Day today, a day to honour those who volunteer and provide humanitarian aid. Pretty timely, I think. Yeah, it really is. Also timely, it's Afghanistan's Independence Day. Mm. Uh, It commemorates the Anglo-Afghan Treaty of 1919, which is an agreement that was made uh, for the British to get out of the affairs of Afghanistan. So a couple of timely days. You know what? It's also Melbourne's 200th day of lockdown. So that's probably something they can make their own cup of tea and have a quiet memorial for. Gosh, that is just such a huge amount of time in lockdown. Well done, Melbourne. Thinking about everyone in lockdown around Australia today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.